This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at your at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Promo code S or CFBX for the college experience. All right, DJs. Hi there. You haven't seen me in a little bit. Uh, I've been off for about a month uh, taking care of the new baby, but I'm back. Uh, you might also notice that I'm in a new location than where I usually record from. Uh, we've completed our garage uh, project over the last month. There's some kinks we need to work out. Uh, I think there's a little bit of an echo right now going on right now. I probably need to add maybe some stuff to kind of uh, reduce that. But unfortunately, if there's audio issues, you're going to have to deal with it right now. But hey, we got a nice spiffy uh, SGPN sign behind me. You know, just, you know, I'm just looking at like blank uh, panel wall like I was doing from my house. Uh, yeah, so this is a new era for uh, my podcasting. And, uh, you know, before I kind of get into it, uh, you know, I just want to thank you guys again because you've been very patient. Over last year, I've had to step away from the show a couple times. Uh, last year, for a not-so-happy reason. Uh, this time, for a very happy reason. Uh, I can report that everybody's doing great. Uh, newborn is getting way too big, way too quick. Uh, my wife is definitely uh, trying to hold on as much as, as she can to all the newborn clothes and uh, you know, squeeze her in uh, to anything and still fit, because she is growing fast, but everybody's doing well. Uh, but we're starting to get to a point of a good routine where I can start doing this on a little bit of a nor- normal schedule going forward. Uh, if you haven't noticed as well, there's been some changes to uh, our lineup. Uh, Matt Gannon, great writer at SGPN. He has taken over the DFS show. Uh, and then myself and Boston Capper, we'll be doing the preview shows uh, and the betting shows. And we're going to have a little bit of a different schedule coming this fall. Uh, but overall, though, you can expect us on those two shows every single week uh, doing that. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be shaking off the rust a little bit tonight. Uh, obviously, I have not done a podcast in a month. Um, you know, I'm going to try and add a couple of new wrinkles to this, what I'm presenting, probably do a little more screen sharing. Uh, it seems like people really like the Google Earth stuff. Uh, so I'm going to kind of show that, have that little bit of a backdrop as I describe the golf course, uh, maybe use some tools on data to kind of show you guys what I'm talking about instead of actually just verbalizing it to you. Uh, maybe that'll help you guys better pick up, you know, exactly the, tra- the points I'm trying to make. Um, but yeah, so and this is going to be kind of a loosey-goosey show too. Uh, I do have a little bit of a curfew I have to hit. Uh, I got to be out here in about 45 minutes. Uh, the missus and I have got a babysitter. We're going to go out for a nice little early dinner, just get away from the kids. So, uh, but, and also I have not finished my article yet. Uh, obviously newborns and four-year-olds kind of get in the way of completing that. Uh, but I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, the reason why I really wanted to do this though, and come back and do a preview. I wasn't going to do one. Boston Capper wasn't available right now, but I want to get out in front of handicapping this golf course. Because we just recently had it, so it's fresh in the minds of a lot of people, I feel like. And it was incredibly difficult. But I think, possibly, there might be some inaccuracies towards handicapping this golf course, just based on what the weather conditions and the golf course conditions were back in 2020, and what they're going to be this year. You know, the weather has been, if you've been living in the Midwest and the Northeast, very rainy. Um 
that's going to impact how the golf course plays. So I feel like, you know, yes, we have one very recent data point that we can point to with uh, the golf course going to be played for the BMW Championship next week. Um, but some things need to be taken in context. And I think we need to take the changing weather conditions and the changing course conditions into account before we actually can handicap this thing. So we're going to do that right after this ad break. So starting off, uh, you know, so we're brought to you by Game Time. And obviously, I just had the PJ Championship in Rochester, New York. And there was a lot of things I had to do. You know, we had a podcast appearance. I had Boston Capper flying up. I had some friends coming into town. I had to plan golf outings with them. And, you know, there was a lot of logistics involved. And one of the things that was also stressful, though, was trying to get tickets. You know, I mean, I had all these plans, but I wanted to make sure I got the best ticket available and the best price available to go to the PGA Championship because, hey, what's the point of playing all these things and all these golf outings outside of the uh, PGA Championship at OK if I couldn't actually be at the damn place? Well, you know, game time definitely helped me out with that. Uh, it made buying a ticket for the PGA Championship really stress-free. And game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters uh performances near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So, you know, and one of the things that's great about game time is they have a really good uh, user interface. It has, it picks up your location immediately. So right when you go into the page, like for me, uh, it's obviously going to show a lot of bills games, but it also shows, you know, a concert that's coming to town. I used to listen to offspring a lot when I was in middle school, love that band. Uh, when I was a little kid, they're coming to Darien Lake in a couple of weeks. I can go get tickets for that. They also have good deals on the Rochester Red Wings, uh, the minor league sports game in town. And it's just all right there, right in front of you. Makes it very easy to go find your tickets at the best guarantee. So game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. If you're looking to go to a sporting event, right at the last minute there. Uh, and forget playing in months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Um, you know, so go there right now, snag tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem with code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime.co today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay. So let's start talking about the BMW Championship. And let's actually pull up Google Earth since. You guys kind of like that. I'm a nerd and I love looking at Google Earth for the golf course. Here we go. Uh, let me make sure everybody can see that. Yes, they can. Okay. So this is Olympia Fields. Uh, it was created. It was built in the 20s by Willie Park uh, Jr. He won a couple of U.S. Opens. Uh, and, you know, this has hosted a couple of events in, since 2000. Obviously, it hosted the 2003 U.S. Open one by Jim Furyk. That was a long time ago. Not a great reference point to use for this. Uh, more in, in more recent times, uh, it held the 2015 U.S. Amateur, one by Bryson DeChambeau. I remember, I think, being tra being pretty cute in 2020. I'd say, well, Bryson won in the Amateur. Why is just been for the 2020 BMW? Nope, that didn't work out. Uh, but it also hosted the 2020 BMW Championship. And that is a really our biggest reference point to use um, for this week. As you can see, very classic golf course, narrow parklands, you know, tree line. Usually, like, you know, this is the first hole right here. Um, you know, these bunkers are about 300 to 340 to carry. And that's really what you see over and over. Everything's really right in front of you, very narrow here, but it's very linear. You know, it's not like what you saw last week at TPC Southwind where 
you know, there's an overabundance of water hazards, or it was more of a plotting nature where, you know, there was dog legs and position. You couldn't really see the green uh, from the tee box. Here you can see that on most of the holes, you know, and, you know, it goes in about in a clockwise fashion, loops around the outer edge of the property, around the front nine, kind of weaves back in, back to clubhouse. This is number nine right here. And then it goes back out on number eight, uh, number 10, going around the property again in there. So, you know, I mean, just kind of at first glance, and I remember talking about this back in uh, 2020, you know, I thought this was going to be a pretty good preview for Wingfoot. And because it looks a lot like Wingfoot, you know, it's got the same characteristics, narrow fairways, but everything's right on front of you. You have to hit driver a lot at this place. Uh, you know, it, it had one of the highest driving distance averages uh, since 2015 on the PGA Tour. And we'll talk about a little bit about the off the tee stuff in a little bit. But, you know, aesthetically, looks a lot like Wingfoot, looks a lot like Oak Hill, uh, you know, especially prior to the renovations here, especially these small circular greens that they got right here, guarded by greenside bunkers. Like, this is really what Oak Hill looked like um, back in 2013 before they renovated the place. A lot like Bridgestone, like a lot of things are kind of back and forth, Army Golf. Um, but I think this has a little better characteristics than, uh, um, uh, Firestone, where the Bridgestone was a couple of years ago. So um, I think at this point, we probably should uh, talk about um, why there might be some, maybe people led astray this week as far as like, you know, how they break down this golf course. So let's go back to 2020. And there were drought conditions, um, you know, throughout the entire, um, you know, the Northeast pretty much. So this golf course played super firm, super fast. The fairways were just concrete. The greens were concrete. It was so difficult to hold fairways at this place. And we'll get to how those percentages kind of panned out in a little bit. But the ball was running. And if your ball was a little bit offline, you know, off the tee or, you know, um, you know with the greens, like, or if you're coming out of the rough, like you just couldn't hold the green, you know, because you got no spin, it would just run right through. Uh, if your ball was a little bit offline with your tee shot, it was just going to bound into the rough. You know, unless you hit a perfect tee shot straight, you know, you, you probably weren't keeping it in the fairway. But the weather conditions this summer, as you probably know, if you live in the Midwest, Northeast has been a lot different. Uh, I know in Rochester, we've had thunderstorms, I think like seven in the last 10 days. Gotten a lot of rain, and it's been like this over and over in the Midwest, Northeast, whatever. So, this is not going to be the same golf course as what we saw in 2020. You know, this is going to be a lot softer, probably a lot slower. The green should be a little more receptive. Now, obviously, it's Chicago, you know, the windy city. If we get some sun, we get some wind, firm this place up. Yeah, it's going to play very similar as far as like. You know the diff, you know as far as what we saw, but um, you know there's I think we need to take that into account the fact that this is going to be a little softer, you know a little slower, maybe a little longer on the scorecard. So, um, you know I I think and I'm going to sit you know go over that and try and incorporate that into how I talk about the golf course, especially like the skill sets like off the tee approach shots because I think there's going to be some differences as far as like how that's going to count into how this tournament evolves. I, I think just high level. No, obviously this tournament was extremely difficult. Uh, I think the winning score was five under, but the average score to par, I think it was like plus 1.8. 
uh, for the entire tournament. I think the first two days it played like two and a half strokes over par. Like I, I, Mark Leishman finished 30 over at this place. He got absolutely just detonated here. So, but because of the softer conditions, it's going to play, I think, a little differently. So how differently? You know, we'll go over that. I think there's going to be a couple of little wrinkles that you can look for. I think it's going to play a little easier. Um, but why don't we get into just in general, just general information in agronomy first, and then we'll start getting into some skill sets. And again, I apologize if this isn't totally structured, uh, kind of go a little bit off the cuff. I'm not done with my column yet. A lot of it's going to be kind of more loosey-goosey. So, all right. Uh, so, Limpy Fields and North Course. This is a par 70. Plays 7,366 yards. There are two par 5s, four par 3s, and 12 par 4s. And my article is going to come out tomorrow. It'll have detail on all the par 3s, all the par 4s, all the par 5s. So, just high level in general. Uh, two of the par 3s at the golf course, hole number 8 and hole number 16, are very long. Uh, hole number 8 played on average 234 yards in length that week. Hole number 16 played about 207. And then there's two others that are a little shorter. Hole number six played 174 yards. That was one of the more easier holes of the golf course. Uh, same thing with hole number 13. I played on average about 160 yards. Uh, I played under par in three or four rounds. Uh, but the par fives, though, those are both very long. Uh, they both averaged over 600 yards long. Uh, number one, which actually was the easiest hole, played about on average 618 yards. Hole number 15 played about 608 or 600.8. But the thing is, what was because it was so firm those weeks, those holes are definitely shortened up, especially if you kept it in the short grass. The ball would just roll and roll and roll. So even though it played over 600 yards for that week, you know, it, it definitely played a lot shorter. Now, this year, though, because the fairways are probably going to be a little softer, uh, it's not going to run quite as much as it did back in 2020. You know, if they play it to this length, like that's really going to give a very long hitter who can bomb it out there three twenty three thirty still, uh, and then be able to reach it in two with a three wood. You know, that's going to give them a big edge on this hole. You know, otherwise, because most of the field probably can't get there in two. Um, maybe they play with the tee boxes on the par fives a little bit, you know, just to shorten up a little bit. So guys can have a chance to go for it in two. Um, but don't be fooled by the, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see how they put, you know, with the yardages and so, but I would say, it doesn't seem like they're going to change the yardage at all uh, at Olympia Fields this year. So I would expect them to play just as long. And I probably would give longer hitters definitely a little more of an edge uh, at this place. And then let's talk about agronomy. So this is essentially wall-to-wall bent grass and poa. Uh, the greens, collars, and approaches on the fairways here, they're all a bent poa mix. Uh, the rough is going to be four plus inches of Kentucky bluegrass rough. And whenever you get to a bent grass poa mix, it can be a little tricky. You don't know the exact composition of bent and poa. Um, you know, sometimes it'll roll more like a bent grass, you know, have a little more higher composition there. Sometimes it'll be, you know, more of a poa, like a Detroit golf club, where it's definitely a little more inconsistent. Like, you know, when they do like the wormhole cam, you know, you can definitely see the ball kind of hopping and pop, you know, popping a little bit as it rolls over where the poa buds. Um, I would say because the greens are going to be running really fast, uh, you know, 12 and a half, 13 on the cent meter uh, at Olympia Fields, and they're very undulating in nature, it's probably going to mo- roll a little more true, maybe more like a bent grass if you really want to go that direction. But nevertheless, you know, in my article this week, I, I'm, I have all the recent golf courses that have a bent poa mixed green. 
So here they are, you know, TBC River Highlands for the Travelers, Detroit Golf Club. I said that before for Rock and Mortgage. Silverado Resort and Spa for the Fortnite Championship and the Tahoe Mountain Club Barracuda Championship. Those are the ones, current, the current golf courses every year on the PGA Tour uh, that have bent Poem mixed greens. And then you got a couple that have been one-offs. Uh, you know, this year, the RBC Canadian Open at Oakdale Golf and Country Club. Those were a bent poem mixed green. Uh, Murfield Village. So those were bent poet greens before they renovated the golf course and turned all the bent grass. But if you want to look at anything 2020 and prior, you know, those are bent poa uh, greens there. Um, Hamilton Golf and Country Club for the 2019 RBC Canadian Open. Um, you know, those were Ben Poe greens as well. Beth Page Black for the 2018 PGA Championship. Those are Ben Poe greens. And, um, you know, so those are golf courses you want to maybe look at if you want Ben Poe greens. So, uh, all right, let's take another quick break and then we'll start talking about some, uh, some skill sets. So this podcast is brought to you by the Scores Family Podcast Patreon. So sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Tolls contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests for just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for Patreons. And only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part. Sign up today. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com gaming or sports gaming podcast.com slash patreon and then if you're watching on youtube thank you very much please make sure to subscribe to our channel for all our free content um you know also make sure to please subscribe to us on spotify or apple give us a rate and review and you know uh, and that's the best way to support our show all right so let's get to some skill sets and let's try and incorporate a little bit uh as far as how the golf course conditions might impact things a little bit, um, you know, for, uh, this week, actually, hold on. <laughs> uh, what is she saying? Oh, okay. I just realized that it's probably not sharing the, uh, hate anymore. Okay. Why don't we just get rid of this? All right. So let's talk about off the tee. So in 2020, Olympia fields played the seventh toughest golf course off the tee that season. And since 2015, it was 16th toughest golf course played on the PGA Tour. I mean, everything about this golf course is very tough um, that season. And from an architecture standpoint, there's definitely some things that make it difficult. You know, it's very narrow. So data golf measures the effective width of the fairways at each golf course. In 2020 at Olympia Fields, it was only about 26.4 feet. That's the narrowest fairways played on the PGA Tour in the 2020 season. It's the third most narrow of all golf courses played in 2015. Uh, another challenge, too, was the rough. You know, it was grown really thick for the BMW Championship. It was cut at four inches in most spots. You know, it had longer rough way off the fairway. Because of COVID, uh, you know, there were no fans on uh, the golf course to trample down a lot are up for really wild misses. Sometimes you see guys that go to golf courses where like a Rory McIlroy, like he just blasted off the planet, but he blasted an area where the fans have been. So he might have a very clean line versus somebody like a Kyle Morikawa. If he is more accurate, but he just misses the fairway. He's in the thick stuff, but the guys back then weren't able to benefit from that. Um, so that was tough for them where, you know, if you had a huge miss, you know, you're going to be punished just as much and maybe even more so than a guy who just missed, you know, sometimes that isn't the case of PGA tour uh, venues. 
Alistair, obviously, really narrow quarters, really flanked by trees pretty much everywhere. Um, it seems like this golf course definitely needs uh, some tree removal, much like Oak Hill. But at this point, uh, it is what it is. And players are at the mercy of basically the bounce of the trees. Sometimes it would ba- get a good bounce back into the fairway. Sometimes it would go wherever. So despite all these challenges, though, you know, the narrow nature, the really thick rough, it doesn't dissuade anybody from not from pulling driver. I mean, when we looked at the golf course earlier, everything's right out in front of you. You can see the green. You know, it's an execution test. Can you hit a long and straight tee shot that basically finds the fairway? There's no clubbing down like you saw at TBC South when they kind of play positional golf into the middle of the dog leg. It's just, can you hit it as far as you can right in front of you? And, you know, there is a water hazard that meanders its way through the property. It's, uh, I think, uh, there's a creek. But it's not in play f- for the most part. Uh, it serves primarily, I think, on hole number 14. It hugs the right side of the fairway. So there, it's in play there. But otherwise, though, it serves mostly as a deterrent from pulling driver. I think on a couple holes, either it's not reachable on the fly, but it could bounce into the water if you, if you hit driver. So guys can lay back. But otherwise, though, you're mostly hitting driver a lot. Uh, at Olympia Fields. So, but the biggest reason I feel like, um, now, and, and actually, before I make the next point, uh, with the water hazards, there's not much of a penalty, or there's not, not a lot of penalty strokes incurred um, at Olympia Fields. You know, last week we saw a lot of water uh, balls at TBC Southwind. Again, I, there's only really one tee shot at Olympia Fields where there's water in play. Um, so there's not a lot of penalty strokes incurred. Uh, you know, you did have some situations back in 2020 because there weren't any fans. If you hit a really wild tee shot and no one knew where it went, it went to the rough lake, you're just SOL. That's not really going to be the case this year. There's going to be thousands of fans that are going to be able to find a ball um, that are hit offline. So not a lot of penalty strokes at this place. It's really just narrow fairways, thick rough. But the real, I mean, the real reason why this is so tough uh, back in 2020 was the turf conditions. It was incredibly difficult to hold a fairway. It was so firm. It was basically like bouncing a golf ball onto cement at that point. Uh, you know, unless you hit a perfect tee shot straight down the middle, it probably wasn't going to hold the fairway. If you hit a little bit offline, it was going to bounce to the rough. And then because nothing's trampled down and it was four inch, you know, bluegrass rough, it was going to be very tough. So that helps explain why the driving accuracy that week or that week in 2020 was only 46%. That was the lowest accuracy rate on the PG Tour that season. It was the third fewest fairways guys were finding on the all golf courses playing the PG Tour since 2015. So, you know, and, and like like I mentioned before, you have to just nut up and hit driver at this place. There's there's no hiding from it here. And because the fairways were so firm, unless it was just perfect. You weren't holding fairways. And you saw the exact thing kind of play out a month later at Wingfoot. And that might explain how both leaderboards are We'll talk about that a little later. Um, you know, so overall, though, you know, Olympia Fields was the 10th costliest uh, golf course on the PG Tour to miss a fairway at, but it was all due to the rough. You know, there was about a 0.4 stroke difference between uh, your score in the hole if your tee shot found the rough versus uh, if you found the fairway. That was the third highest penalty in the entire 2020 season and 11th overall since 2015, but they're only 2.1% of tee shots and credit penalty stroke off the tee. Like I just mentioned, there's not a lot of, there's very little water that's actually in play off the tee. So I guess how is it, I guess, is it good with the softer conditions is it going to play as tough as it did in 2020? I think so. I mean, it's still narrow fairways. 
It's still really thick rough. Uh, but there is going to be a couple things that are a little different about this to make it slightly easier. I feel like to at least keep the ball in the fairway. The fairways are going to be softer. So if your ball land finds itself first laying in the short grass, it has a much better chance of staying in the fairway or at least in the intermediate cut. You know, it's just going to slow it down a little bit. So I would expect the driving accuracy rates to be a little better. Um, this year, but because it's still so narrow and you are hitting driver a lot, there's no real escaping it. I still don't think the driving actually race is going to be above 55% this week. You know, I mean, there's still going to be a lot of missed fairways, but I think it is going to create situations where, you know, it's not going to be just impossible not to hit fairways. You could see, I mean, listen, anytime you go to these, one of these longer, narrow, thick, rough golf courses, obviously length is a huge advantage. We've seen that time and time again, but there are certain times where it's just unfair. Even the most accurate hitters just can't hit fairways. If a guy, if an accurate player just gets kind of hot and hits a really good, you know, and he doesn't have a whole lot of length, yeah, they can do really well. They just have to have a really good driving week. But overall, though, I still expect really low driving accuracy rates. Uh, but I, I think another thing, too, and maybe this actually really reinforces the, um, the benefit of distance here, which we saw back in 2020, which I think is going to continue in 2023 is the penalty for a wildness. And what I talked about earlier with all with COVID, the fans were not there. They couldn't trample down the rough. Now, if you're Rory McIlroy, if you miss really wide, all that, you know, kind of four plus inch rough that was designed to really penalize a wildness. Now it's going to be trampled down. You got to get, you know, a good, uh, you know, lie there. And yeah, you're still going to deal with some trees. Uh, it's still going to be kind of a punch up, but if you have an opening, you could technically get you know, you get, you know, you get good contact on it. You can at least punch it a little closer to the green. Whereas before in 2020 with untrampled rough, it was essentially a punch out at that point. You had no chance of really getting to the green at that point. But, and then lastly too, um, you know, the golf course, if it is going to be a little softer this year, uh, it's going to play longer overall. You know, the fairway is going to run a lot slower than what they did. Uh, and even though, there's going to be slightly higher driving accuracy rates where the ball will roll out a little more versus in 2020 where no one was hitting fairways. The ball would just stop. Uh, it's not going to be high enough to make a difference. So I don't see a ton of difference between what you want at this tournament this year versus in 2020. I still think this is going to be a huge edge at this place just because of what we talked about. Um, you know, there might be a little higher reward uh, for hitting fairways this year because it will be a little more feasible to do it. But not by much. So I think just in general, length is going to be a huge edge to this place. I mean, I don't think that I'm breaking any news here. Um, I want to kind of maybe find an angle where it wouldn't, but I think it's just going to kind of play out how it usually did. In fact, like, you know, especially with fans of this golf course outside the rope trampling down some rough. I mean, I, I, I think it's just going to, it's not going to change the strategy at all as far as what you have to do here. You still have driver a lot. And on those bigger misses, it will make it a little easier for those guys versus a more accurate guy who has a better chance of finding fairways because it will be a little softer, but it's not going to be as high of a clip, you know, to still make a difference for them. So that's that. Well, let's go to approach play. So in 2020, Olympia Fields with the seven toughest with approach shots. Uh, in, since 2015, it ranks 13 toughest. 
For shots under 150 yards, it ranks the third toughest in all golf courses since 2015. And shots over 150 yards, it ranks it ranked eighth toughest in 2020 and 22nd overall in 2015. And again, like the off the tee stuff, it really had to come down to, um, you know, just the turf conditions. The greens were concrete. So, like, you can hear when you, when you watch this event, the sound the balls were making when it hit the pipes. It was just a thud. Like, instead of like a splat, like you heard at TBC South of this week. Um, and the approach shots, especially if you had a mid to longer iron, like, if you're hitting out of the rough, first of all, if you can even get a club, your club face on it and actually try and get to the green, there's no spin. The ball would just run right through. You know, you, you can go to videos on YouTube, you can find the highlights. Like, guys hitting balls out of the rough, like, you had very little chance to actually get the ball close to the pin uh, there. Um, but even on from the fairway, you know, because of how firm the golf course is and the greens are really undulated, like unless you were really on the mark, you know, the ball could just run, roll really far away from the green because it, it is kind of small targets. So, um, you know, for the, and that's why back in 2020, because there was a low driving accuracy rate, 46%, and the greens were so firm, not a lot of greens hit in regulation. Only 55% of the field hit the green in regulation. That was the third lowest rate in the 2020 season, the fifth lowest overall of all golf courses plays in 2015. So because of the, I'm expecting the greens to be a little softer with the weather conditions, um, unless we get some wind and sun, which is actually kind of in the forecast next week. We're going to have to look at that. But I think the greens will be a little more receptive. Um, and because there's, I'm expecting a little higher driving accuracy rates this year because the fairways will be a little softer. It will be easier to keep the ball in the fairway. I think green regulation weight is going to go up. Probably low 60% range. Again, less than PGA Tour average. You know, this is not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to suddenly turn into TPC Summerlin out there. But I think it's going to allow guys who are driving it really good or finding fairways to be a little more aggressive uh, with their tee shots towards some of these pins. And because they know that, you know, it, it's going to be a little softer and receptive. If they have a good number, they can go at a pin. Whereas in 2020, with how firm it was, you had to be a little more careful with your approach shots. Uh, and I also think, too, like, you know, if you get a bomber who's, you know, in the rough but can get a, a good club face on it, it's going to make it a little easier for them to hold greens, too, because it's just not going to move quite as fast and go through the green like it was in 2020. So overall, though, I still expect really pro difficult approach shots because again, it's not going to be huge. Like it's not going to be absurdly high driving accuracy rates. You're still going to have that rough there. And the greens just still have a lot of fast undulation characteristics to it. Really smaller targets. Um, and then the approach shot distribution chart. So this is something I think we also have to adjust for too, because the golf course was so firm in 2020 that balls are rolling a lot more and really short up the golf course. Um, you know, in 2020, about 41% of your shots came from between 125 and 175. That was higher than PG Tour average. Uh, there was a higher percentage of shots over 250. Uh, not a whole lot between 175 and 225. But I would expect if you go to data golf and look at this chart, and I'll have this chart in my article too, I would shift everything kind of down a little more, uh, skew things a little longer because I'm assuming the fairways are gonna be a little softer, a little longer golf course because of the turf conditions. Uh, it's going to be a little longer test. So I would say probably where in 2020, you focus a lot from 125 to 175. I would focus a little more from 150 to 200. I think it's going to skew a little heavier that way uh, and less towards your shorter iron. So more of a mid to longer iron uh, contest, I feel like, this year. Uh, all right, around the green. So again, difficult conditions. Uh, it was the seventh toughest in 2020, 20th overall since 2015. Again, though, you know, it's... 
whenever you get to a golf course where and you see this in Mirrorfield Village a lot, when you have really thick rough, you get inconsistent lies. You don't really know how the ball's going to come out. And you're chipping back onto really fast, undulating, quick greens. And unless you're really you are perfect with your contact and you know for sure where it's going to go, it can be really difficult sometimes to gauge where it's going to run out. Maybe it hits, maybe you don't get good contact. It hits the wrong end of a slope. You end up really far away from the green. So that explains a lot of the difficulty around the green. And then putting. Um, you know, that was eighth toughest in 2020, 18th overall in um uh, since 2015, again, anytime you get really fast, undulating greens, especially from longer range, it can be really p- difficult to putt on. And, and that was shown back in 2020. So in 2020, for putts over 15 feet, it was actually the toughest of all PG Tour venues that year, seventh toughest since 2015. Really tough to lag putt at this place, again, because of how fast undulating it is. You know, if you're not really close to the pin, you know, with your pro shot, it can make two putting very difficult, but it was one of the easier ones from under five feet. Uh, you know, assuming they don't create circus pins, which I don't think they probably will. seems like things are pretty straightforward if you had an under five foot putt. So if you were scrambling really well that week, let's say you, you weren't hitting long range, but if you're scrambling really well, getting your, you know, ball within five feet on most of your up and downs, you know, you probably had pretty success. That's probably why you saw Mackenzie Hughes did very well uh, back in 2020. So that's the skill sets. Um, let's talk a little bit about, and let's actually, let's close this down. And hopefully, I, I don't know if you guys are actually seeing this. So hopefully you are. Let's try and get course fit tool. Okay. Get this here. All right. Hope you guys are seeing this. I see it. So hopefully you guys are too. So this is the skill set chart. This is so this is the predictive measurement. There, the, and if you use data off a lot like I do, there's predictive course fits, and then there's the charts that show how you actually gain strokes, and, and they're different. And I'll explain both. And I, I tried to explain both, just communicating to you. Hopefully, if you see it, you can see what I'm talking about. So this is a predictive skill set. So in general, so this dark shape in the middle right here is basically your PG Tour average golf course. Driving distance is a lot more predictive towards the results of a tournament than it's one of the more predictive measurements. And obviously it's because, you know, the further you hit it, the better you're going to score usually. And that's usually consistent for any PG Tour venue. Uh, accuracy is less consistent. It's a little more volatile than a driving distance. Cause if you're just long in general, you're always gonna be long. Accuracy can fluctuate day to day. Sometimes the most accurate hitters can actually have a very poor day. Sometimes you can be Bryson DeChambeau at Oak Hill and be one of the longer hitters and hit, be 10th in driving accuracy that week. You know, sometimes that happens. Uh, a pro iron play, obviously very predictive. You're hitting the ball really good. That's going to translate pretty much anywhere around the green and putting usually less predictive as well. Those are a little more volatile statistics. So Olympia Fields, you know, I mean, based on, if you look at that leaderboard, you know, John Rahm won, Dustin Johnson second, Hideki had some length back in for his, some of his injuries. Joaquin Neiman, for instance, top 10. I think Jason Kokrak as well was in the top 10. Distance, at least from a predictive measurement, you want to target guys who are a little longer uh, that week. And you can see here, a little, a little higher correlation of guys who are a little longer tend to do better at this golf course than the PGs who are average golf course. A uh, little less focus on driving accuracy. But overall, though, it's pretty... It was kind of a run-of-the-mill golf course, um, Olympia Fields was. 
to basically your average golf course in PGA Tour. And then, you know, there's a lot of golf courses that it shares similarities. But I, and I see right here, I talk a little bit, you know, a little bit of Wingfoot, how I felt this, the Olympia Fields is going to be a preview of the U.S. Open. Well, you know, like from a predictive skill set uh, perspective, Day Golf has it as the second most correlated golf course to Olympia Fields. You know, I mean, again, it makes a lot of sense if you saw the map earlier as far as what it looks like, some of the things you want to value at this place. Both of them played out very similar. So what I really want to talk about, though, let's get rid of this. Let's, let's, uh, let's do something else. Let's share. Let's share this first. Okay. So this chart right here, and some people don't explain this properly. So this chart right here is not your percentage of strokes gained in a tournament because strokes gain just nets to zero throughout the entire field. What this measures right here for data golf, this measures more how much a certain area contributes to the total strokes gain, like the, like the volatility of it. So it's more of like an effect on what your score ends up being. Not necessarily like, oh, well, if you gain 5%, if you gain five strokes on the field that week, 12% was this, 32%. It's, it's not that. It's more about an effect. How much you can separate yourself. From everybody else that week. And Olympia Fields, you know, kind of like what we talked about, you know, it, it had way less of an effect on your ball striking stats towards separating yourself as the normal PG Tour venue. And then that makes sense because it was so difficult to hit fairways that week. You know, just made it kind of a crapshoot, pretty much. You know, you weren't hitting fairways, everything was hitting in the rough because of how difficult the greens were, you know, low green regulation rates too. You know, it became kind of a contest of getting up and down. You can see that, you know, your performance around the green had a lot heavier effect at Olympia fields uh, than did at the normal PG tour stop. And same thing with putting, you know, really tough undulating fast greens. If you hit a little more putts that week, you know, it had a little more effect than normal PG tour average here. So, you know, and then we actually want to, let's show one more. Uh, let's stop sharing this. And then I want to talk about a little bit about off the tee stuff too. So here it is. Okay. So this is an art chart. This is on their uh, tournament stats page. This one's a little more confusing to look at. I like looking at this chart to kind of see the effect of off the tee performance, like what really gauges. So for 2020, though, and you know what you might not know too, uh, is even though when you look at off the tee performance predictively before a tournament, distance is a little more predictive than accuracy. How you actually get strokes gain off the tee, like your performance in that metric is more still determined by your accuracy that week. So, you know, as you get, but some tournaments though, you will see like distance have a little bigger effect on your stroke gain off the tee number than accuracy. Here, you know, distance definitely played a lot bigger role towards determining how you did off the tee that week uh, than the normal PG Tour stop. Uh, accuracy definitely a little less so. Um, so, and, and, I, and I expect that probably to hold this year too. Uh, obviously, I think this is going to be a big advantage. Now, let's go back to um, that first screen. Let's go back to that. Uh, here we go. Okay. So this chart right here basically um, suggests that your ball striking stats aren't going to have as big of an effect on your total score or your ability to separate yourself from the field um, 
than most PG Tour venues. I don't expect that to be the same this year. I think the fact that it will be softer and a little easier to hold fairways this year. Um, so I think your performance off the tee will be a little more impactful towards your total score than other PG Tour venues. And because the greens are going to be a little more receptive to, I think that green regulation rate is going to go up a little more. You know, I, I think that your iron play is going to be a little more impactful to you versus in 2020, it definitely was not the case. And I would expect your performance around the green and putting have less of an effect on your scoring than what it was back in 2020. So I guess in a nutshell, what, I'm, what am I looking for this week? Um, obviously, I think length. I think that's still going to be a big advantage. I think you're off the tee. I'm going to focus a lot on instructing off the tee, though. I think that's going to be a lot more contributive towards your total score this year and a little more of a driving contest than what it was back in 2020. You, know, you kind of saw it a little bit with Oak Hill um, this year, where because it played a little softer, especially over the weekend, it was definitely a little more obtainable to hold fairways. Off the tee and your iron play were definitely how you separate yourself at the PGA Championship versus your scrambling putting. Whereas at Wingfoot, it was actually the opposite. You know, it, it, it looked very much like this, where because most of the field just couldn't hit fairway, couldn't hit a green, it didn't really matter what the ball striking stats were. It really just came down how good you were around the green putting. I would expect that to be not the case this year. I think your ball striking stats are going to be way more important for in-term performance than it was in 2020 because it's going to be a little softer, a little easier to hit greens this year, a little easier to hit fairways. So yeah, I think you, if you have a really good driving week, a really good iron week, I think you can really separate yourselves a lot more than you could back in 2020. So I think it's just something to keep in mind uh, for this year. So all right, that's it. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday with Boston Capper. We will have our betting card. Uh, we'll probably have some more takes about TBC Southwind and the FedEx uh, St. Jude. I will recap a little more about what we talked about today with him. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have some questions. So with that, uh, have a good rest of your day, and we will talk to you on Tuesday.